You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? You guys know the deal by now. I'm your host, your boy, Sosa Cremendez, a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Before we dive into this Mailbag Friday episode, I just wanted to remind you guys that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now it's time to begin our Friday episode here at the Locked On Rams pod. We're getting back into our mailbag because last week I had a special episode with Jordan Rodriguez on Friday, so we didn't get to a mailbag. But this week, you guys sent in over some good questions like you always do, and we're going to just dive right into them because there's a handful. So uh, we're going to dive right into it. And the first one is from at Will Carella. He said, Dante Fowler had pass rush success with the Rams and then went to Atlanta and struggled. With that in mind, do you think Leonard Floyd has developed significantly as a pass rusher, or is he just a beneficiary of playing alongside the likes of Aaron Donald, like Fowler and others? We paid this guy a lot. And that is a good question. Now, I think it's more towards the spectrum of playing next to Aaron Donald as opposed to just being so much better than he ever was. Now, I think he probably was a better player in Chicago than Dante Fowler was in Jacksonville. That's just kind of, you know, going off the top of my head. I think uh, Floyd brings a lot more to the table as a run defender. You know, you're going to get borderline elite play every single week for the most part as a run defender. Like he's just so good, so strong, so sound. And his arms are so long. He's just so physically gifted that he's going to give you that run defense floor. You know, that's what he is at his worst, at his best. He's going to have those games where he suddenly turns it on as a pass rusher. But I think a lot of the pass rush production last year was just really due to, you know, the stunts that they were running up front. He got a lot of cleanup pressures, as we call them, a lot of free sacks and, you know, having to go against tight ends every now and again. It wasn't really like going against the best tackle every single play, every single time, beating them consistently. You know, you just didn't really get that. And he's not a consistent pass rusher in that regard, but he is a good player still. And so, you know, they paid him a lot. That is, you know, a fair criticism, I guess. But at the same time, you know, you're getting dominant run defense there and you're going to get a impact pass rusher when you can scheme him pressure. So, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think he's that guy that took the next step in his development. I think it's a lot more due to playing next to Aaron Donald, like you said. The next one is from Jason at Turbo Fargo. Jacob Harris has been getting a lot of buzz, even having Jordan Rodriguez say, keep an eye out. If he's having a good training camp, could you see him get decent field time? Or do you think Sean McVay's penchant for being stingy with rookies playtime will still be the case? And I tend to lean towards the second part of the question there. I just don't really know how you can get Jacob Harris on the field a ton. Now, I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, the tight end two spot position for the Rams has been a position that's been getting you know a fair amount of run and usage since 2017 when Sean McVay took over. Not really any distinct difference between the tight end one and tight end two for the most part. Now, I think this season is going to be the biggest difference in terms of Tyler Higby's play and statistics and opportunities compared to the tight end two, if that's Bryson Hopkins, if that's Jacob Harris. But I do think there is going to be a role for Harris. And I talked about it again on yesterday's podcast in the second segment. He's going to be that jump ball guy. I think they're going to try to utilize him every now and again in the red zone. He's going to be a key and core special teamer. 
But outside of that, I don't know how much run he can get. I think it's going to be similar to Van Jefferson's last season where, you know, they might get him 10, 15, 20% of the snaps, but I think they're going to definitely just bring him along slowly. And Bryson Hopkins, I do expect to see, you know, more snaps, more targets, more usage as the tight end too, just based on experience, to be honest with you. But it's anyone's guess at this point. Jacob Harris, if he continues to dominate, you know, he might work his way into a lot more playing time than we expect. The next one is from at Assorted Goods PC. He said, how are things looking for the O-line so far, considering it's one of the team's most questionable groups? That is a really, really good question. The only issue is we're not going to have an answer for a while. You know, even going into training camp, the players are only going 80%, 90% sometimes, sometimes 100%, but you're facing the same guy every single day. You're going to get used to their moves. You can't really get a good look at how things are, especially now in OTAs and then even in training camp, like I said. And then the Rams don't really play starters in the preseason. So again, not much there. We might have to wait all the way until you know the first few weeks of the season or midseason until we can get a really, really good grasp on what's actually going to come from this O-line. Now, so far, it sounds like things are pretty good. You know, you have Andrew Whitworth and Rob Havenstein at the tackle spots, both very experienced and very solid and very, very good veteran players. The guard spots a little bit more questionable. David Edwards at left guard, think he's a solid player. He could be an ascending one too, so there's still more potential there. The right guard, Bobby Evans, first time starter, complete unknown. I have no idea truly what to expect there. And center Austin Corbett, he played very solid at right guard last year. But now, again, new spot for him at center. We don't really know what to expect there either. So I think it's going to be a big, big unknown all the way up until the season. You also have a new O-line coach in Kevin Carberry there. And we really don't know what his teaching style is or what his preferred schemes are. So a lot of unanswered questions there. And unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get to know those until we get all the way into the season. The last question in this segment is from at Grisanti915. Are the Rams planning on building their own team facility anytime soon? Las Vegas had a stadium and team facility built for their move. So just wondering what the Rams plan is. Haven't been able to find that answer anywhere. I wish I had that answer for you. I really don't know the answer either. You would think that with this $5 billion complex and entertainment center that, you know, they're going to get their own complex and and their own training facility. So I'm going to assume that it's going to be a yeah at some point. I'm not sure when, uh, but I don't know for certain. So I can't say 100%. But again, they are building out that whole complex there. I think the whole NFL network media, you know, building, I think is actually being built there as well. So you got to expect that they will have a team facility there for practices, but I'm not 100% certain on that one. So my bad on that. That is going to wrap it up for this first segment. In the next segment, we're going to dive into some questions about Aaron Donald, some stuff about Van Jefferson. So make sure to tune back in for that. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and the page at Locked On Rams. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NBA and NHL playoffs are officially live. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the second segment of this mailbag episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for shooting over these good questions. And we may as well just pick right back up where we left off. The next one is from at Quentin12 underscore. He said, hey, Sos, another question for your next mailbag. 
Aaron Donald is widely regarded as the best defensive player in the league, but when it's all said and done, where do you think he ends up on the greatest defender of all time list? Man, that is a good, good question, first of all, and a tough one to answer. It's hard for me to compare to certain guys, right? Because I'm only 27, if you guys don't know, so I didn't get to watch the likes of you know, some other players who a lot of people do think are the greatest ever on the defensive side of the ball, like a Lawrence Taylor, for example, didn't get to watch him, unfortunately. So it's going to be hard for me to really be able to compare him to everyone. But talking about my lifetime, and I've watched a lot of football, I'll tell you that over the course of my, you know, two and a half or almost three decades here on this planet, when I count the top five defensive players ever, I'm thinking of Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Aaron Donald is probably in there. J.J. Watt may be in his prime. You know, I'm talking about Deion Sanders. All these guys, maybe a Charles Woodson, maybe a Champ Bailey. Like, there were some dogs over the last 30 years in the NFL. When it comes to Aaron Donald, I'm going to be honest. I would not be shocked if he is considered the greatest ever by the time it's all said and done. I think he surpassed pretty much everyone on the defensive line outside of maybe, you know, the Reggie White, maybe the Lawrence Taylor, like I mentioned, but... Outside of those guys, we're talking about a guy who has three Defensive Player of the Year awards, nearly broke the sack record as a D-tackle, set the own sack record for D-tackles, and you know he's still got a lot of playing time left. He might have another four or five legit elite years left in him with how he takes care of his body. I wouldn't be shocked one bit if we are talking about when it's all said and done, when he hangs up those cleats, so to speak that we look at him as the greatest ever, I think there is some legitimate potential there. I'm going to say top five for sure, uh, but you know it's hard to say now with uh, so much football still left ahead of him in his career. The next one is from my guy at two underscore slick. He said, we saw Malcolm Brown almost exclusively on third down last year. Was that McVay protecting Jared Goff, having another veteran guy back there to block? Or who do you expect to see on third downs this year? Has Akers or Henderson shown enough in pass pro to feel comfortable? That is a really, really good question. And I'm also curious myself why the Rams went with that route last year. Like you said, you know, I think it had a lot to do with Malcolm Brown's uh, positive prowess when it comes to his blocking ability. He's a big guy. He's strong. uh, And that clearly was the role that they wanted him in last year. That was part of the reason. But now you think about it, it's a different quarterback. I think Matthew Stafford is a lot better from the neck up when it comes to football IQ, reading defenses knowing how to get rid of the ball, when to get rid of it. So now I'm curious to see, is Sean McVay going to allow that running back on third down to be more of a passing game weapon as opposed to just another blocker? Or is it going to be similar to last year? Like you said, you know, a lot more Malcolm Brown where you plug a guy back in there and he's just another body, a sixth blocker. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see that running back, whoever it is, if it's K-Makers, if it's Daryl Henderson, to actually come out of the backfield a little bit more than they did last year and be utilized as pass game weapons because throughout the course of Matthew Stafford's career, he's always had a running back for the most part that's been good coming out of the backfield and he's known when to target those guys. You're talking about guys like Theo Riddick, who was one of the best pass game backs for a long time there in Detroit, Javid Best, all these different guys that he knew how to utilize as pass game weapons. So when it comes to blocking, I'm not sure who's going to be the best at that. Maybe a K-Makers, but when it comes to actually utilizing these guys in the weapon game, in the receiving game, I wouldn't be shocked at all if you know we see maybe a career high in targets or receptions for the running backs as a whole, as a group, throughout the entire tenure of Sean McVay's time with the Rams. The next one is from at Jaron Guzman. He said, how sick will it be to watch trips right with Cup, Djax, and Jefferson, and then Woods on the left side and Atwell in the backfield? Man, I'm going to tell you right now, 
That would be honestly insane. And what he means by trips right is a formation on the right side with triple receivers, three receivers, Cooper Cup, Deshaun Jackson, and Van Jefferson, as he stated, and then Robert Woods as a solo receiver on the left side of the formation and in the backfield, 2-2 Atwell. I don't think it's going to happen, you know, but at the same time, Sean McVay can really, really get creative this season. We're talking about a team with a lot of weapons that could do various amount of things in terms of their roles. A lot of these guys can play, you know, as inline tight ends or as fullbacks or as split receivers or guys that can line up in the slot. Like they have a lot of versatility in this receiver room. So I wouldn't 100% rule it out. That would be kind of crazy to go five wide receivers out there at the same time when you have the Tyler Higbees on your team, the Cam Akers, the Daryl Hendersons, all these different talents. But man, we're talking about an offense that has so much versatility, so many weapons in the passing game, especially in that receiver room and a head coach in Sean McVay that can get creative. I wouldn't rule it out. I think they have to have the playbook as open as possible going into this season. And so why you, you know, suggested that they go five wide like that with Atwell in the backfield, that kind of seems crazy. But at the same time, I think they really got to utilize everyone's skill set to the best of their ability. And they can really afford to get creative here with the amount of weapons that they legitimately have going into the season. The next one is from Drew. It's going to be the last one in this segment at DLuck89 said, what's Van Jefferson's role in the offense this year? McVay called him a bright spot so far, but don't really see a role for him this year, barring injury thoughts. And, you know, I'm kind of similar in terms of my expectation, like you are here, is that Van Jefferson, I just don't know where he really factors into this offense. You have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Those are going to be your leading receivers. Those are going to be the guys that have 110, 120 targets in the passing game. I think we know that by now. And then the receiver three spot is where things start to get interesting because now you're talking about the Rams paying Deshaun Jackson a lot of money and Deshaun Jackson does a lot of stuff that Van Jefferson doesn't do and that's taking the top off the defense, working vertical, being a deep threat. So I think he's going to be on the field quite a bit, probably more than most people expect because one of the areas where the Rams really sorely lacked on offense last year was their inability to threaten defenses deep. And I really think that that was something that bothered Sean McVay. And I think that he legitimately really does view that as one of the things that they really needed to fix the most going into this season. So I think Deshaun is probably going to get a lot more run than most people expect. And that doesn't really leave a lot of space in terms of playing time or opportunities for a guy like Van Jefferson or for a Tutu Atwell. Where Van Jefferson fits in, in my opinion, I think he could rotate with Jackson in that receiver three role, maybe play 30% of these snaps on offense, something like that. And the spot where maybe he's going to be most used, in my opinion, where he's probably best at is in the red zone, where where he can really, really utilize his ability to come off the line of scrimmage very quickly, very cleanly. He's very, very sharp in and out of his breaks and his routes. He's got a relatively big body, strong hands. I think that he could be a legitimately good player in the red zone. And if you guys recall last year, the Rams sucked in the red zone. They settled for three points so often. So if you can get guys like Jacob Harris, guys like Van Jefferson in the red zone, in your packages and find ways to actually score touchdowns and not have to settle for three, that's going to go a long way to improving your offense and obviously your record at the end of the day. So Van Jefferson, I don't expect him to play 50-60% of the snaps this year, but I do think that he's going to get a little bit of run in those short to intermediate routes, but especially down in the red zone. Like I mentioned, that is the last question for this segment. In the final segment, we're going to dive into some fun miscellaneous ones. If I'm going to make my way out to California this year, 
Aaron Donald potentially being traded? Uh, let's take it easy here, but we're going to dive into those questions in the final segment. Make sure to check back in with us here at the Locked on Rams podcast next week. I'm going to continue the five episodes per week strong all the way throughout the offseason. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last two and a half years. And throughout that process, I was looking for the best protein bar on the market and found a company called the Built Bar. Telling you guys, Built Bar is unlike any other protein bar out there. They taste tremendous. And not only that, they have a bunch of different flavors and their texture is unlike any other protein bar I've ever tried. The bars are also healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber and they even work for you if you are on a keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this mailbag episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I'm your host, Sosa Kermenjas, and we are going to dive into our final few questions in this segment. I mentioned before the break, it's a little bit more lighthearted, a couple of miscellaneous style questions here, and so we got to end on a bit of a relaxed note. No more talking about, you know, who's going to play where, what's this role going to be, what's this guy going to do, and so we're going to dive into these funner questions. The first one is from Brian at Brian Ted's. How would you react if Aaron Donald was suddenly traded Well, first of all, I would be absolutely floored, shocked. It would probably be the biggest move I think the Rams could ever make over the course of my lifetime, at least that I can think of at the top of my head. I would be just genuinely, absolutely shocked. Now, at the same time, I probably shouldn't be because the Rams have done some crazy things over the past four or five years. A lot of things that I don't think anybody expected, myself included, But yeah, I would be absolutely shocked. I don't see it happening, obviously. You know, I don't think it's going to happen for a long time. Maybe at some point in three or four years down the line, it might be something they explore. But right now, you know, the Rams are locked in, loaded, and uh, Aaron Donald is the best player on the team, the best player in the league. That's the kind of guy you want to keep around, obviously. And I know you're not suggesting they will trade him. I'm just saying I would be shocked, but it's not going to happen. The next one, my guy JB at JB underscore peoples. He said, who is the best at karaoke on the Rams? And that is a good question. Now, I feel like there's definitely a player on the team that has a very good voice, but for some reason, I cannot think of who it might be at this point in time. I feel like it has to be almost one of these guys on either side of the trenches. It almost feels like every single year we get an offensive lineman from some team somewhere who just is unreal at singing. Now, maybe not the exact same thing as karaoke, but it's close enough. So I know a lot of people do think probably someone on the D-line, maybe someone who's a little bit more vocal on the team, but I'm going to go with a very, very random pick here on the O-line, Tremaine Ancrum. I feel like, man, with his size, he might have a beautiful voice we just don't know about right now. Uh, And obviously I'm joking. I have absolutely no clue who would be the best karaoke singer. Might be Johnny Hecker. Might be, you know, Cooper Cup. I don't know. It could be anybody. I'm going to go with Tremaine Ancrum. I wanted to go O-line. None of these starting O-linemen really strike me as a guy who really has a great voice. So I thought about, you know, who's the next up in the backup O-line that could have a great voice. And Tremaine Ancrum just kind of feels like that guy. He he looks like he's got some soul in him. Uh, you know, he could probably hit that high note. So I'm going to go with Tremaine Ancrum. Episode is not done just yet. I also wanted to highlight to you guys that 
I guess I'm recording this prior to it happening, but you guys are going to listen to it after it's happened. But the Rams are officially letting fans into their OTA-style training camp-style practice for the first time. I believe it's 30,000 fans are going to see the Rams playing and practicing for the first time in SoFi Stadium. For the first time, they're now going to get to see these new uniforms, which I guess aren't really new anymore, live. So it's awesome to see. You know, I'm super happy for you guys that are going to be out there. Oh, that does remind me, actually. I don't know how I skimped over this one, but Mike V actually asked me at the Mike A. He said, are you making a trip out to SoFi this year for a Rams game? If so, what game? And if not, what game would you be most hyped to see in person? I'm not going to be making a trip out to SoFi is my guess. I'm not 100% sure just yet. You know, it's tough with all this COVID stuff. And, you know, obviously I got to work too. and I cover the Rams. So it's hard for me to be able to write articles while I'm traveling and record podcasts while I'm traveling. Not 100% sure. I would love to get out there. Maybe I will. You know, it's probably 50-50% right now. So I'm not 100% certain. But it is always tough with my position to try and get out there. In terms of which game I think would be fun to watch. Any primetime game, in my opinion, would be great. I mean, week one, how about that? You get to go out to SoFi, usher in this grand stadium for the first time live to fans and actually, you know, experience this atmosphere with 70,000 people or however many are allowed in the stadium. That would be absolutely incredible. Jaw-dropping, I think. Not only that, but it is, like I mentioned, a primetime game, a Sunday night football game. The Rams are at home. They play a good team in the Chicago Bears. They might even trot out a rookie and Justin Fields out there. So that would be super dope to watch. Another storyline to kind of look out for. I mean, you can't pick a game better than that. You start the season, the debut to the season at home, Sunday night football, first time in this new stadium, first time seeing, you know, all these new players actually suiting up for the team, the new uniforms, the new logos, everything. I think that would be incredible. It's tough to get tickets for, I'm sure. I took a peek and Dear Lord, they were expensive, but that was when tickets just went on sale, these single game tickets. I'm not sure about now, but I'll say that game, the first one would be the dopest, but that does bring me back to my point. All you fans are now going to get to experience this who are going to this training camp practice or this OTA practice, so make sure to have fun. I'm sure you know by the time you guys listen to this, you're probably going to be thinking, what the heck, this already happened. So yes, we did have fun, hopefully. Uh, hopefully everyone gets to enjoy you know, seeing the stadium for the first time, seeing the uniforms for the first time, seeing your new quarterback in Matthew Stafford and all these new players, the 2-2 Atwells, the rookies, the you know all these new additions. I think it's going to be great. You finally, finally get to put last year behind us and really start to take a step forward into a Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, what will be a regular year in the NFL and also just in our lives and in this world. So hopefully you guys have fun. Hopefully it was good. We get out of it injury free and the Rams have a good practice and you guys really get to enjoy it. But that does do it for this episode. Make sure to be responsible out there. Don't do anything crazy. Be safe. Enjoy yourselves and, uh, you know, get a good look at what uh, what the Rams could trot out this year. You guys are going to have those eyes there. I can't, unfortunately, but have fun. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as we always do here. You know, you guys always shoot over some good questions. Keep me on my toes. So appreciate you guys for that. Appreciate you guys for listening to another episode here next week. Make sure to check back. We're going to go five episodes strong. Like I said, until I can't do it no more, but uh, I feel strong right now. I'm feeling fresh. You know, I'm feeling refreshed for this season. So we're going to continue five strong. Just a reminder, you can come connect with me on Twitter at QBsMEP or at LockedOnRams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.